The following audio is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that this recording will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.
Well, in the last couple of verses, Paul touches on four prominent subjects that have been covered throughout this letter. Peace, love, faith, and grace. You see that in verses 23 and 24. Paul says, Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our, our Lord Jesus Christ, with love incorruptible. So we're going to look back on some of the prominent passages throughout the letter. We're going to look at, at passages where these four themes have featured. And as I read through these, I would encourage you to consider two questions. The first... What does being united with Jesus mean for me? What does being united with Jesus mean for me? And the second, what does being united with Jesus mean for the Christian community? As I go through, you'll notice how these passages speak and highlight our unity with Christ. See, Jesus is our foundation. He is the source of peace, love, faith, and grace. You might say he is their author, their actor, and the agent of these things in the world. Our first reading comes from Ephesians chapter three, uh, chapter one, verses three and two. Apostle Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have gained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were first, the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, was sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Let's look now at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. We'll notice again these, these themes coming through. We see again how they point to our unity with Christ. Paul says, 
and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let's stew on that for a second. What does that mean for me? What does that mean for you? We can't stop there in Ephesians 2. We need to go on to verse 14, where Paul tells us that Jesus is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 19. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be also highlight our unity with each other. Gospel ministry in Paul's mind means spending time with other people, means sharing life with others. 
Gospel ministry is gospel life shared in community. Paul mentions this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. He says, Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. But there's a problem for Paul. See, when he writes the letter to the Ephesians, he's under in custody in Rome. So how is this gospel ministry, this gospel life in community, sharing life with people, going to be able to happen? Well, there is a a dear co-worker of Paul. His name is Tychicus. Paul says, so that you may know how I am and what I've been doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your hearts. Although Paul is restricted, the gospel is not. The gospel still comes not just in word, but in life as well. Tychicus was a dearly loved co-worker of Paul who delivered Paul's letters to Ephesus and also to Colossae. He's not like the posting that might come to your place, one who might just, you you may catch a, a little sound of his motorbike or something like that and slips the letter in the letterbox and off he goes. He's not like the delivery man either with the the no-contact policy who drops the package and runs. No. There's a deeper purpose to the ministry of Tychicus. The purpose behind his visit was not only to deliver a letter. He brings news of Paul's well-being and the gospel work that is going on there. He also brings encouragement to the Ephesian believers. So he can relate Paul's message in a way that no letter or emoji or text message ever could. He can relay a deeper message to the people in Ephesus. There's a deeper reason for sending Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister, is that he has talked the gospel talk, but he has also walked gospel walk. And he shares gospel life with the Ephesian community. And friends, the good news that Jesus Christ came into our world to join us in our death so that we might join him in his life is more than just a message to be delivered. The gospel is alive to be lived. It's not enough for us to have the gospel of Jesus worked out between our ears. It must be worked out in our day-to-day lives. And this has applications for us as individuals and for us as a community. The Christian community should be a relational community. 
think that's some of the tension we feel at the moment with the restrictions that we're under. I think most of us are seeking, we're desiring this relational community. But it's become hard. That shouldn't mean we stop trying. We shouldn't decide to instead go it alone, friends. You remember the Roman soldier that Isaac talked about last week. So the Roman soldier with all his armor on is identifiable. By the armor he wears, you can tell he's a Roman soldier. But on their own, the Roman soldier is vulnerable. The enemy can attack from all around. And if he is left on his own, the Roman soldier will become indistinguishable. If he does not have his fellow soldiers around him, if the war doesn't simply take off the enemy, put it down, and assimilate into the world around him. That's a very real danger for the Christian community, friends. If we don't desire, if we don't go to great efforts to be a relational We see ourselves as being able to go it alone, friends. We will become indistinguishable. We will put down our armor. We are vulnerable. And Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 6, for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. There should be a oneness amongst God's people. And there can be a oneness amongst us. Because of the Holy Spirit that God has given us to indwell us, we are God's people filled with His Spirit, says Paul in chapter 5, verse one, uh, verse 18. And as the agent of peace, love, faith, and the grace of God, the Holy Spirit transforms us into the peace-filled, love-filled, faith-filled, and grace-filled people of God who walk in love who walk as children of light and who walk in wisdom. Does that describe us? It can, it should, and it will. God 
Father's goodness and spirit. And he wants to transform our lives so that we can then just bring others to him. The Christian community is not just relational. It also needs to be See, prayer precedes this passage that Paul has. It also follows on from the introduction to the letter, sort of top and tails with the greetings. This again is a reminder that we need to be people who don't try to go it alone. Whether that be in word, in work, or in prayer. We are dependent on each other. We are dependent on the author, asset, and agent of peace, love, grace with us. So what does all this mean for you? Well, maybe the highlights this morning sound like good news. Maybe they have been given, they've given you a taste of, what the full message is. Maybe it's like you now want to watch the game full length. If this this describes you this morning, I would encourage you to speak with someone who you know is living the gospel life and find out more what the gospel life might look like for you. And if you don't have someone who you can speak to about that, then get on to me to speak to. You can find my details on the church website or in the, the directory. I'm available. I'd love to talk. Maybe this morning you've come to realize that you've had the gospel of Jesus worked out between the years, but not worked out in your day to day. If this is you today, I would encourage you Ask other Christians about how gospel is worked out in their day-to-day life. And pray earnestly for the Holy Spirit to show you what the gospel might look like in your life. How the gospel of Jesus might be worked out through your day-to-day life. Maybe today you are praising God praising him because you can see and have experienced the outworking of his gospel life in you. Well, if this is you, praise God. I'd like to encourage you as well to share and to pray. Share your experiences with others. Encourage and and pray with them about how the gospel of Jesus is worked out in your life and in theirs. What does all this mean for us as a community, Christian community? We all have a part to play in it. We all have a part to play. We can all be encouraging, the source of encouragement to one another, the agents of encouragement. Maybe as a gospel community, we need to be working on being more relational, being more vulnerable with one another, 
maybe we need to be more open to sharing gospel life together. Maybe we need to be getting closer and deeper with one another, spiritually, practically, and emotionally. There's a great sense of involvement in one another's lives. Friends, there are, there are such treasures in the community. We are a community who want to go and reach out to our people. There are tremendous treasures to be found here. These are precious treasures. And we need to deal with these things with the love and care that Jesus did and Jesus does. Through the power of His Spirit in us, we need to care and love one another. And they should, they should not stop us from doing that. as a gospel community, we need to work on being more prayerful. Praying with one another through our struggles and the stuff that hurts us. And doing this not so much because we want to avoid the tough stuff, but we can see the tough stuff as a chance for us to grow in our faith and, and grow in our unity as a people, as God's people. Friends, we are united with Jesus Christ. And our unity with Christ should mean we are united with one another. So be encouraged today. Walk together in a manner worthy of the calling to praise the His work in God. thank you for your word. We thank you for the way it has been passed down over the years so that we can have it, the words of God, inspired by the Spirit of God and applied by the Spirit of God in our lives. We thank you that this message is a message of life. We thank you that it is a message of unity, it is a message of peace, a message of love, a message of faith, and a message of grace. Father, we know ourselves, we know that we still get this wrong. Father, some of us have been hardened to this message over the years. We ask that you would soften our hearts so that we might receive it and trust it. We commit ourselves to you, Lord. We thank you for speaking to us this morning. Thanks for listening to this audio from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.